Welcome to the Growing with Nature podcast. I'm your host, Darren Williams, permaculture enthusiast, restoration ecologist, and founder of Growing with Nature. Too often, we hear that the best thing we can do for nature is to leave it alone. But people are a part of nature, and you can make the living world around you come alive with abundance for people, plants, and wildlife, even in your own backyard. Join me on a journey through regenerative soil building, permaculture, restoration ecology, and more. To learn concrete steps you can take at home to support wildlife, grow incredible, delicious food, and help heal our living world right in your own backyard. Ready to get started? Grab a shovel, roll up your sleeves, and let's make the living world around you come alive. In this episode, we're going to look at why your garden needs logs and rock piles. From supporting beneficial predators to creating microclimates, adding logs and rock piles to your garden can help your plants thrive. Let's dive into how. You know, most people remove rocks from their garden, and they definitely don't add logs to it. But you can actually help your garden thrive by adding rocks and logs to your garden. You know, I know this might seem crazy, but stay with me. I'm not talking about rocks in the soil making it hard to plant. You know, I'm talking about rocks ranging the size from a softball to a basketball stacked together to make a pile on top of the soil. You know, the same thing can be done with small diameter logs. You know, logs that are small enough you can easily pick up, you know, three to six inches across, and really however long as you want that you can manage. But why would you want to add these logs and rocks to your garden? You know, your garden needs logs and rock piles because they provide two core benefits. You know, they support beneficial predators for pest control, and they create beneficial microclimates. So let's dive into both of these benefits and look at the best way to add them to your garden. But before we do, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to one of our newest patrons, um, Andreen uh, Richardson. You know, the support of, of patrons like Edreen makes it possible for us to create free weekly content to help people heal the living world around them by cultivating abundance for people, plants, and wildlife. So thank you very much. And, you know, if you like what you hear today, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. You know, your review will really help more people find us. And, you know, also, I really enjoy reading them. You know, we've been getting a number of good reviews, and it's been really great and encouraging to read those reviews. So thank you very much. You know, and the people who find those, who listen to, to read those, you know, they're people like you. They're people who want to bring the skills home that we talk about. You know, they want to enjoy wildlife and they want to grow more food and help heal our living world. Okay, let's get started. A big challenge with organic gardening is dealing with pests. And many organic gardeners still use chemicals, just organic ones like neem oil. But you can bring your garden into balance with the living world by supporting the predators that eat pests and stop using even those organic chemicals. And one way to do this is to add logs and rock piles to your garden. You know, these piles can be thought of as shelter for critters. You know, scientists sometimes call these habitat features, but you could call them critter homes. You know, frogs, snakes, centipedes, lizards, and even ladybugs will all take shelter in them. You know, we often find garter snakes in ours. And here in western Washington, garter snakes love to eat slugs. You know, the more garter snakes, the fewer slugs we have to deal with. You know, sounds good to me. I want a lot of garter snakes. And ladybugs, you know, they also take shelter under logs and rocks in the fall. That lets them survive the cold of winter. You know, without logs and rocks, all these beneficial critters will need to leave your garden in order to find shelter. 
you know, especially in the fall and winter when most vegetable gardens have very few plants growing in them. And this means that it will take time for these predators to find your garden again. And some never will. You know, the result is going to be fewer predators in your garden. And it's going to be harder for them to keep the pest in balance. You know, but I'm sure you're wondering, you know, how do you add rock and log piles to your garden? You know, you don't really think about a garden as having those. And really the easiest way that I've come up with is to create what I sometimes call wild beds in your garden. You know, try setting aside, let's say, the last two feet of each of your garden beds. Or if your garden beds are L-shaped, like mine are, you could set aside the corner. You know, that's what I've done. Now, you can place a log and rock pile in these areas. You know, I like to use the logs and rocks to mark the boundary where the regular vegetable bed part meets the wild bed part. You know, it works really great. It kind of distinguishes that area, you know, really works as a nice border. And this works well for me, you know, in the because in the wild beds, I really like to plant native vegetables or even perennial vegetables. But, you know, native vegetables like nodding onions, checker mallows, and miner's lettuce can all be great additions to these wild beds. And the logs and rocks along the edges of these wild beds will help keep those native vegetables contained, you know, keep them from spreading into your regular garden beds. Plus, since these native vegetables are all perennials, you won't need to disturb your wild beds once they're established. You know, the rock and log piles provide shelter for beneficial predators, and the native vegetables will support pollinators and other predators too. Plus, the native vegetables will give you harvests, you know, which is just great. You know, we, we really like our little wild beds, and we often find garter snakes in ours. But I also see all sorts of pollinators on them. You know, they're just really these little little micro hubs for all the wildlife in our area, and it really helps keep our garden in balance. But, you know, if you don't want to plant native vegetables, you could just add flowers to these wild beds. You know, native flowers would be best, but even if all you did was just plant regular flowers in those areas, that would still be great. You know, your garden needs log and rock piles if you want to bring pests into balance with the predators. They just, they need shelter, and that's what these provide. But log and rock piles don't just support beneficial predators. They can also be used to create beneficial microclimates to help your plants thrive. And depending on how you use them, they can create different types of microclimates. You know, logs and rocks placed on the south side of your plants here in the northern hemisphere will create a relatively cool and moist climate behind them on the north side. You know, this can be great for cool-loving plants like spinach and can help, you know, help them not bolt as early. But you can also use individual logs basically as a big piece of mulch. You know, let me ask you this. As a kid, did you ever move a log in the forest to see what was under it? Did you ever do the same with a big rock? Do you remember all those critters living under it? And, you know, did you happen to notice that the soil under that log or rock tended to be moist and cool? You know, that's a big reason why all those critters were hiding under it. And some, like centipedes, you know, they need those cool, moist areas. And, you know, it's easy to kind of get a little schemish around um, centipedes. You know, they're they're not everybody's favorite uh, bug, but they're actually really great predators. You know, they will eat slug eggs and, you know, they're predators. They are really great. You're going to want them. You know, they come out at night mostly and they'll, they do a lot of great um, work and they, they love to hide under logs and rocks. And, you know, if you got a heat wave coming and you're worried about your plants, 
you can try adding some logs between your vegetable rows. You know, I've done this a few times and it helps. You know, those logs will shade the soil and they'll also deflect dry winds and help keep the soil moist behind them. You know, this can be a great way to help your plants weather droughts. You know, what if you want a warm microclimate, not a cool, moist one? Well, you can also use logs and rocks to create warm microclimates too. You know, rocks, especially large rocks, especially if you can bury them partway in the soil, but you don't have to do this. You know, they're going to soak up heat during the day and they're going to release it at night. You know, this can really help keep plants warm during chilly nights. You know, and again, the larger rocks will provide more benefits than small ones. You know, you generally want to stick with ones that are at least a softball size and ideally like basketball size. You know, about as big as you can carry comfortably would be ideal. And if you live in a cold area, you know, you could add a rock pile all along the north side of your garden beds with your vegetables planted right in front of it. You know, all those rocks will support beneficial predators, but they're also going to soak up heat during the day. And that heat will be released through the night, which could help your vegetables get through late frosts or, you know, frosts in the fall. Like you might be able to get a couple more weeks out of it out that way, especially with you know, plants that can handle a little bit of cold. And, you know, you could even build larger critter homes using logs and rocks that are big enough that they can deflect the cold northern winds up and over your sensitive vegetables. You know, just depends on how much space you want to give to these features. But you could really create some nice, warm microclimates to really, you know, help jumpstart your plants and protect them from, you know, frost in the spring and frost in the fall. You know, they, there's actually a thing that people used to do um, before greenhouses were really common. They would actually build big stone walls and plant sensitive fruit trees and other plants in front of them. Sometimes they even lit torches on these, but just the stone walls themselves, you know, they just absorb heat, they blocked winds, and they created these warm microclimates. And that's how a lot of people in Europe, you know, kind of commercial operations would grow fruit before, you know, we really had greenhouses. You know, you basically you're doing the same thing, but a little less formal and on a smaller scale, but it can still work in the same way. Adding wild beds to your garden and using logs and rocks to create beneficial microclimates, you know, is a great way to help your garden thrive. And it really is why I say that your garden needs log and rock piles. You know, plus beyond those other benefits, you're also just supporting wildlife in general. You know, doing things like this, this is what healing the living world looks like. It's what cultivating abundance for people, plants, and animals looks like. You know, when you remove all the logs and rocks and those sort of things from a garden, you're focused solely on production for people. You know, it's a more mechanized approach where, you know, you're just putting things in and taking things out. And it's less of creating an overall balanced ecosystem. You know, when you start adding these things back in, when you add perennial plants too, like we talked about the native vegetables in the wild beds, you know, basically you're, take, you're taking a step back and you're creating, you're turning your garden from this mechanized approach to more of a, you know, overall system that is really connected to the living world. And, you know, you can take it a step further by adding larger logs and rock piles to the growing areas around your garden. You know, I like to hide large rock piles between my shrubs and trees, you know, that are growing, you know, all around my property. You know, I have large piles that are several feet high, you know, decently long. You know, these are big piles, you know, I've, and, you know, 
but they've disappeared now. You know, a lot of these piles I can't see anymore because I put them in between my trees and shrubs when those were all young. And now that everything's grown up, you know, they really have disappeared behind a mix of berries, trees, and flowers. So if you're, you know, you're worried about the look of them, you can hide them. And, you know, first year or two, you'll see all these logs and rocks. But if you plant things around them and do all that, you they can disappear pretty quickly. You know, and these larger critter homes, you know, they support a lot more wildlife than the small ones that I put in my wild beds in my vegetable gardens. You know, by doing this, you help create space for even more predators that will then, you know, they'll move into your garden when the pests do show up. And all those small logs and rock piles in your garden will then provide shelter for them when they do. Because, you know, those larger ones that you could put in, like, say, a hedgerow or just on, you know, in your ornamental shrubs and trees just kind of between them you know that's where the predators will hide out and take shelter but then when they come to your garden to help deal with pests you know those smaller log and rock piles are where they're going to hide you know when a pred when a predator of their own shows up like when their predator shows up say a ladybug or some other you know predatory insect comes over you know and a bird shows up well they're gonna need to hide and they need places to hide. And those big log piles, you know, that's where you get a lot more critters hiding in. But then your garden, the smaller ones, basically give them those little bolt holes, those places they can go to get away. You know, and this is why your garden needs logs and rock piles. You know, without them, many predators just won't feel safe in your garden. And they won't stick around for long. Because without shelter, they might get eaten. And they don't, they're not going to want to stay where they're going to get eaten. But with these critter homes, you know, predators can easily come and go and take shelter when they need to. And if you add larger ones between your shrubs and trees outside of your garden, this approach will be even more effective. You know, every year I add more log and rock piles, you know, to my property. I'm always adding more of them. I'm always looking for old logs and rocks that people don't want that I can take and add. Because... Most property, you know, is really lacking in these materials, you know, because most of us clear those away. You know, let's, we need to do the opposite. And, you know, and don't forget that you can also use all these logs and rocks to create beneficial microclimates and really help your plants deal with drought and, you know, frosts and other issues. You know, and make sure you check out the resources section of the show notes, you know, which has links with more information about the topics covered in this episode. And also, you know, stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to take a look at miner's lettuce. You know, I've mentioned miner's lettuce a few times in different episodes. And miner's lettuce, you know, it's a really fantastic native vegetable found here in western Washington and much of the western United States. You know, it's a great addition to any wild garden bed. I have it growing in mine. You know, really make sure to check out next week's episode to learn more about miner's lettuce. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And thank you for listening to the Growing With Nature podcast. This podcast is made possible thanks to our patrons over on Patreon.com. Thank you, patrons, for supporting our work. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Your review will help more people find us, people like you who want to bring these skills home to support wildlife, grow food, and help heal our living world. Well, that's all for now. See you next week, same time, same place. Have a great week, and keep on growing.